welcome to Zensylvania. My name is Eric Adrians, and I'll be your host. In Zensylvania, we explore motorcycle zen, literature, philosophy, and a variety of other topics. I'm not an expert in any of these things. In fact, it would probably be a mistake for me to claim to be an expert in anything at all. Here in Zensylvania, we try to maintain a beginner's mind during our explorations. With your feedback and participation, I hope Pennsylvania is the kind of place that keeps us, you and I, visiting often. So what is Pennsylvania? Beginning with the obvious, Pennsylvania the word is a play on words. It's a portmanteau to create a new term that fits my purposes. Stated simply, by replacing the pen of Pennsylvania with the word Zen, I have a novel conceptual territory to work within. Zensylvania is therefore both itself a term and a conceptual place to synthesize and develop a variety of previously separate topics. The same as creating a portmanteau. The word functions as a direct and indirect referent to other things and matters. For example, Pennsylvania is, of course, the American state that was established following one of the largest individual land grants in history. That land grant was from Charles II of England to an individual named William Penn. Complicated and questionable real estate transactions aside, Pennsylvania gets its name by mashing together the surname Penn with Sylvania, a French and Latin derived word meaning woods. And thus we have Pennsylvania or Penn's woods. There's also the rather inevitable linguistic association with Transylvania. That's the region of Romania whose name means on the other side of the woods. And Transylvania is a name that probably most commonly associated with Gothic-themed stories. It calls to mind vampires, ghosts, and a host of other strange associations, perhaps even Frankenstein. Now, I appreciate these unanticipated connotations. I find that following unexpected associations sometimes leads to equally unexpected insights I might never have otherwise experienced. There's a Transylvania University in, of all places, Kentucky. You'd think Transylvania University would be in Transylvania, but it's not. And that's just an indication of the kind of strange ironies and juxtapositions that come together in Transylvania. While there is other Pennsylvanian and Transylvanian history that may provide interesting future explanation, for now, I'll just note that the wordplay is satisfying. As for the Zen part of Zensylvania, it's largely what you would expect it to be, and that is a link to the ideas, practices, and history of Zen philosophy. And there we have it, Zensylvania, or the Zen woodland, if you like. I'm aware, of course, that any number of other individuals may have previously combined the words Zen and Sylvania with the same resulting portmanteau. While my linguistic predecessors almost certainly did not have the same creative intentions as I do, I'm happy to include all those other usages of the word as an indirect and unintended connotation of its own. 
And there's no actual state or region currently called Zensylvania. No, Zensylvania is a metaphorical state in my mind. It's also a state of mind. It's an aspiration, a contemplation, an invocation, and even a meditation. All of this is to imply that Zensylvania is a metaphor. And what is a metaphor? One definition that described metaphor as a figure of speech that for rhetorical effect directly refers to one thing by mentioning another. The word Zensylvania directly refers to woods and Zen philosophy. Those are the denotations within the metaphor. Meanwhile, the resonance that Zensylvania has with Pennsylvania and Transylvania are indirect connotations opened up by the metaphor. As I mentioned earlier, Zensylvania is a play on words, and I might add, on concepts and ideas. I'm reminded of the classic Zen metaphor of a finger pointing to the moon. This metaphor demonstrates that it is a mistake to focus on a thing which is present only to indicate the real thing. A finger pointing at the moon should not be confused with the moon itself. Similarly, a word should not be confused with the reality it points to. Or a footnote should not be confused with the main body of a text, etc. By way of this metaphor, Zensylvania is the finger and the state of mind is the moon. For the Zensylvania podcast, I'm focused on providing audio versions of stories and essays grouped around the topics of Tai Chi, meditation, and what I call motorcycle Zen. Let's start with that latter one first, motorcycle Zen. This term, motorcycle Zen, finds its immediate inspiration in Robert Piercy's Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. A reading of that book led me to investigate several areas of Zen and other areas of philosophy as conceptual and practical matters. These investigations have been personally meaningful and practically helpful in my day-to-day -day life. I'd like to refer to the rather puckish author's note of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Author's note. What follows is based on actual occurrences. Although much has been changed for rhetorical purposes, it must be regarded in its essence as fact. However, it should in no way be associated with that great body of factual information relating to Zen Buddhist practice. It's not very factual on motorcycles either. Well, like Piercig, I think it's necessary that I get it straight at the beginning that I'm not an expert, nor do I consider myself to be a Buddhist. But I still think that I have something to say about my experience, about Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance as a book, about metaphors and communication, about motorcycles, and about Zen. Zensylvania is a kind of statement that even non-experts may have significant perspective and contributions on a subject. For me, motorcycle Zen is not wholly about motorcycles, nor wholly about Zen. It certainly includes them both, but these things are really just effective and compelling metaphors for the larger concern that I think the majority of us have, and that is achieving a preferred state of mind in the contemporary age with which we must grapple. Being the kind of person that I want to be and living the kind of life that I want to live 
And that's what I'm talking about. It's my hope that any insights and observations that I share may be of some value to you as you explore these things as well. Including meditation and Tai Chi as secondary topics really falls out of my primary interest in motorcycle Zen. They come with the territory, so to speak. Motorcycling is perhaps the fastest and most vulnerable version of myself in motion that I have ever encountered. With Tai Chi, I may have found the slowest and most connected version of myself in motion. Meditation seems to offer the challenge of encountering myself without any motion at all. Before I ever paid active attention to Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance and Piercing's Metaphysics of Quality, I spent some time in my professional career engaged in quality management and quality improvement activities. In that particular environment, we employed a plan, do, study, act model. I intend to apply that model to this podcast. First, I plan what I'm going to do. That is, whatever the episodes will contain. Next, I do it. Then I study what happens, including the feedback that I receive from individuals like you. Then I will act to correct what seems to need correcting. It'll be interesting to see if this quality improvement model will work for a project like this. You may notice that certain installations in the Zenzelmania podcast environment may change over time as I apply these procedures. As an example, this is the third iteration of this introductory essay. I'm not entirely certain that I will ever be satisfied with any version of these words that I may record. And that's okay, since podcasting technologies allow the kind of continual improvement I have in mind. Mentioning this now is to reinforce the fact that I intend for Zensylvania to be a consciously and transparently integrated and intra-referential environment. As for the audio landscape in Zensylvania, I try to avoid certain jarring elements or features in the installations. I mostly avoid startling or intrusive sound effects or musical interludes that are not consistent with the content. If anything, Zensylvania is intended to be a comfortable and calm area that supports contemplative deep dives and relaxed reflection. And this welcome podcast should give you a sense of the kind of audio landscape, content, and experience that you can expect in Zensylvania. Whether it's a finger pointing to the moon, a motorcycle ride across the country, an elegantly executed single whip movement, or even a period of successful meditation, all these metaphors are not the thing that matters. The thing that matters is life and the states of mind encountered while living. Every now and then in Zensylvania, we tend to get a bit meta and referential about things. You'll notice that many of the essays and inquiries are titled as footnotes to something. Footnotes to Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Footnotes to Nixon. Footnotes to Being Water, etc. While all of this footnoting may seem a bit overdone and repetitive, it isn't without long consideration and, I hope, good reason. 
In philosophical, religious, and broader academic studies, it's fairly common for works to be titled or subtitled as inquiries, studies, or meditations. While these are all valuable terms within their academic traditions, in Zensylvania, we have some reluctance to imply that our non-expert and generalist musings are a part of any kind of expert studies. Neither are essays in Zensylvania necessarily intended to be criticisms, reviews, or any kind of polemics. If you're looking for expert opinions, they aren't to be found here. What you'll find here are footnotes. So what exactly is a footnote and why are there footnotes, or dare I foreshadow to say, footprints, all over Zensylvania? Merriam-Webster defines footnote as a note of reference, explanation, or comment, usually placed below the text on a printed page. And there's a secondary definition that says a footnote is something that is relatively subordinate or minor part of an event, work, or field of interest. Here in Pennsylvania, inquiries and contemplations about living a life are not considered to be that life itself. Whether we're exploring Zen, Tai Chi, motorcycle, literature, or any other matters of life, these musings are really only footnotes and minor parts to the real thing. Life is the real thing. Designating the collection of observations, musings, and insights as footnotes was inspired by two disparate and at least for me inextricably linked areas of investigation. More particularly, I'm citing specific comments by two very different thinkers from the early 20th century. These are Alfred North Whitehead and homeless Kodo Sawaki. Alfred North Whitehead was an English mathematician and philosopher who co-authored Principia Mathematica with Bertrand Russell. While Whitehead's name may not be overly familiar today, in 1929, Whitehead published one of the 20th century's most startling, sophisticated, and complex works of original philosophy, titled Process and Reality. In that book, Whitehead wrote that the safest general characterization of the European philosophical tradition is that it consists of a series of footnotes to Plato. Wow, what a line. For a philosopher that was a collection of sharp words indeed, and it was not Whitehead's only insightful comment in the book. It is the only one we're going to look at right now. The second inspiration for placing so much emphasis on footnoting comes from Japanese thinker Kodo Sawaki. Homeless, Kodo Sawaki Roshi, was one of Zen Buddhism's most highly regarded contemporary-ish teachers. Sawaki has been widely attributed with the comment that all of Buddhism is a footnote to Zazen. Like Whitehead, that wasn't Sawaki's only profound and insightful comment, but it's the only one we're going to look at today. 
I have no information about whether Whitehead and Sawaki were aware of each other's work or perspectives. What strikes me is the similarity between these two comments. It simply can't be ignored. Separated as they were by only 20 years in age, these two thinkers appear to me as if they were contemporaries. This perception is probably almost wholly incorrect. Whitehead worked as a philosopher and mathematician in England, and Sawaki was a Zen Buddhist priest in Japan. But they both use that metaphor of a footnote to convey something about their work. Their comments were directed to utterly different genres of thought and philosophical traditions. Still, it is entertaining to think that Sawaki and Whitehead might have appreciated each other's outlook if only they'd been aware of each other's work. Indeed, based upon the modest exposure I've had to their respective writings, I expect they would have found agreement on several other matters as well. The sameness of their comments is an elegant and profound underscoring of the similarities and differences between the Buddhist and perhaps more broadly Eastern philosophy and the European and again, perhaps more broadly, Western philosophy, the emphasis on action and practice in the East, the emphasis on theory and words in the West. Footnotes seems to be the most apt explanation of what Zensylvania articles are all about. They are explanations and explorations. They are references. They are comments. They are subordinate parts to the subjects that they cover. They are documentary footprints to living a life. For all of that, I hope that they have some interest and value for visitors to Zensylvania. Thank you for joining me in this part of Zensylvania. I hope that you've enjoyed your time listening to the podcast as much as I did putting it together. You can find text versions of Zensylvania stories and essays at www.zensylvania.com. That's www.zensylvania.com. I expect to release one new episode each month for the foreseeable future. If you like the content you've heard so far, please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I'd also love to hear your thoughts. My email address is zensylvaniapodcast at gmail.com, or you may wish to use the link in the episode description box to leave a voice message, which we might then use in this or a future episode. If you'd like to support the Zensylvania podcast, you can find us on Patreon. Thank you again for joining me in Zensylvania. It's a state of mind.